Real News. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. Today is the official launch of the Make Britain Strong Again campaign, which is a very appropriate uh, thing to mention because my next guest is the head of the Brexit Art Party and former DJ at the line, Cosmic Rebecca. Glad Hello. to have you back. Yes, well, actually, the Brexit Art Party is unofficial. It's my unofficial mm. subwing of the Brexit Party. And I was actually having a discussion with some friends of mine um, in England. And it was actually an architect who suggested that title. He said, you know, with all of your, all these creative projects you're doing, all these things underground for the Brexit Party, you know, writing memoirs and, you know, painting portraits of our infamous president, Donald Trump, <laughs> etc. He said, you should... Should, you, you, we should have the Brexit art party. So I didn't actually coin that name, but it's perfect, okay. right? Yeah. Um, so I, I appointed myself the head of the Brexit art party, following along with some of um, you know the advice from Donald Trump. And mm-hmm. I've learned a lot from him yeah. from reading his book and just how he does things. And I thought, okay, yes, I'm appointing myself the head of the Brexit art party. And I haven't had any... Um, no one's given me any back talk about that yet. <laughs> so my philosophy in life, you might like this, is if I don't hear any no's, that's a go. <laughs> that's a go. If yeah. I get silence or neutral when I put ideas out there, okay, yes, I see a green light and I just keep going. Well, that's, like that, that, that's like if you're with a chick. That's like if you're with a chick. If there's no no's, then it's a go, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is the Wait. best advice we relationship Wait. advice we could ever give on the show. No knows it's a go. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, I think that goes for women too, right? If yeah. there's no knows it's a go, yeah. both in politics and in love. Okay. Well, we're um, not fam no go zones here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, you know, it's uh, interesting you mentioned that because that's kind of our sort of slogan that we sell on this show. Our friend here, uh, co-host Dick Taylor Phil says that a lot, like, the worst they can tell you is no, and you reach out to people for an interview or something. And, you know, it's interesting, like, even us, like, we've gone from, like, a radio show of two friends just sort of talking, now having big names like Milo Yiannopoulos, um, now somebody from the Brexit party on, like, we keep getting new and, you know, interesting people every day. Um, and as somebody who used to go here, and as somebody who was a DJ at this station, mm-hmm. how did you go from, I mean, a, a DJ at the line all the way across the pond to the Brexit party? Like, what, what was that journey like? Well, let me um, tell both of you, DJ Sean and DJ T, that <laughs> I hate politics. I absolutely loathe politics. So. Good question. How did this happen? Um, Well, I think you and I were talking earlier about what I really discovered um, being on the streets of London and around Britain is that politics is about people and just Mm. talking to people. And that's what I love to do. I mean, if you follow me around um, throughout the course of a day, I talk to everyone and it drives some of my friends crazy. I'm like, why, why are you asking every single person how their day is going, what they're up to, you know, the clerk in the grocery store, the librarian, dogs passing on the street. But so that's what I just love to do. And so um, I discovered that that's what politics is really about. It's really about people and what people care about. Um, so I'm interested in politics on the ground, mm-hmm. right? Politics from the ground up, which is really what the Brexit Party is about. So, why do they call you Cosmic Ray? He was asking, why do they call you, call you Cosmic Ray? 
Co- well, oh, I'm, Cosmic Rebecca. I'm Cosmic yeah. Rebecca. Well, Cosmic Ray and I have not done a gender switch. Uh. We have not done that, okay? <laughs> and if you've seen either of us today, you'll 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 know that's true. Um, well, I'm called Cosmic Rebecca because I joined Cosmic Ray's show um, no, quite a number of years ago now, and he was Cosmic Ray, and so naturally I became Cosmic Rebecca. And I can tell everyone it is so much more fun being cosmic than terrestrial. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I have to try to ground myself. <laughs> Bring okay? yourself down to I'm earth. I'm always <laughs> trying to ground myself, but given the, the just the intensity of my personality, I am so in the right political party. I have found my political home because I had never thought I would meet anyone in my life whose level of intensity was greater than my own. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But how did I get into it? So I was up in the north of England for a literature conference in the summer of 2016. And um, I just started asking people, you know, about Brexit. I mean, I was focused obviously on being at the literary conference and, um, but it was actually just a few days after the vote. And I went around asking everybody, and I suppose it was the fishermen in particularly whom I spoke to that really, um, you know, that really tore at my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I, after asking all over Britain, you know, I asked my town councillor, I asked people who worked in bookshops, I spoke to homeless veterans on the street mm. and I concluded that yes, we must leave the United we must leave the European Union. No question. Mm. And I have that conviction and it has never left me. Yeah, that's interesting cuz as you mentioned like we just started talking uh like a week or two ago mm. and it just happened to be a random phone call when i was in the other room and yeah. that I, was so fortuitous that you picked up the phone because i've been trying to contact the station for a while to talk to some of my old dj friends and you picked up and <laughs> lo and behold you have met our leader yes mr nigel farage yep that's right i met him uh a few months ago, it was in April of this year at Lock Haven University, which is right by Penn State here. My yeah. field rep for Turning Point told me about it, and I was like, oh, cool. Like the man, the man that made Brexit, you know, this phenomenon is coming to this little university a few minutes away from me. Like, I can't pass that up. So I went there, shook his hand, took a picture with him because I was a volunteer at the event. Very nice guy. I mean, the thing I noticed right when I first met him was that he's very human, very nice, just very jolly. That sort of jolly British spirit you could just feel coming off of him. And I'm not just saying that to be nice. Like, it just, honestly, that's how he was. I can see why he's so popular. It's because he's so personable, so nice, just so calm and collective like he just seems like he knows what he's doing like he's got a plan and he's just going for it well i think that's why he's really attuned to what's happening in britain and that was the thing that immediately impressed me about him when i started listening to his radio show Mm. on lbc.co.uk and you can listen to his show tomorrow from 10 a.m to 12 p.m greenwich mean time and also on monday through thursday evenings at 6 p.m greenwich mean time um i hope i get some um Good points there for uh, plugging LBC. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was just very impressed with how well he listens to people. Um, And of course, you can watch him as he's doing his show. And you can, it's amazing to watch his eyes moving around. He has these amazing eyes. It's like they, 
they're almost like shooting stars. They're just darting all over the place. And you can see the wheels of his mind moving, but he's really deeply listening to his guests. He's mm. not just listening to tease out the information and then hit them with a reaction. He's deeply interested in what they're saying, even if they don't agree with his point of view. And of course, he has many antagonists who call in and don't agree <laughs> with him. Um, so having done radio myself, you know, that's always what I've been aiming for. Um, not just on the radio, but as a person in life. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm always good at it because being a very intense person, I often get too excited, <laughs> you know, which actually turns out to be great at rallies because I, I managed to get hundreds of people chanting at a few rallies. But on a personal level, though, I'm trying to get better at just listening to people and see where they're, they're coming from. And of course, obviously, you know, marching around the streets of London and talking to people. I, I did a lot of that. So, well, yeah, when you talk about your work that you've done for the Brexit Party, you know, many of us haven't had, you know, uh, I've had some experience with campaigns, so we kind of the gist of it, but like, what's it like working for uh, Mr. Farage himself, like on the ground with him or through like conversations or however you've interacted and what's it like? Well, I first began interacting with him on, um, on his radio show just via Twitter, as you know, as anyone can. And... Um, well, maybe I should say something then about the march to leave. Sure, yeah. So, um, or well, let's go back to the question of how did I get in, involved in the Brexit party, and then we'll go, you know, we'll lead into that, what you just asked me. Um, so I was listening to his radio show, um, but I started doing that a few days after his magnificent speech on the 30th of January in the European Parliament. Did you, um, have, did you get a chance to listen to that? I have not, but I may have seen clips from it. Okay. Um, so I heard that speech, and while he was in the midst of making that speech, I just knew because I, I actually have very strong psychic abilities. I've had these all my life, and I just knew that he understood more than anyone else what was going on in British politics. Mm. And not long after that, um, the Brexit party was unofficially launched on just a small website, and I joined that very weekend. I think I was one of the first few hundred people to join. And at that point, I had no idea that I was gonna be doing a march because I, I didn't even know the, you know, I, th I think the march to leave hadn't even been conceived of yet. Um, and I actually had a credit on Delta Airlines, which was about to expire in early April. And the moment I heard about the march to leave, it doesn't take me too long to make a decision. No matter what people are telling me, I, my gut says, okay, yes, I've got this credit on Delta, I'm going. So I did the march <laughs> to leave on the, uh, the 29th from Fulham Football Club to the Houses of Parliament. And um, there were hundreds, there were thousands of us actually. And Nigel was the last person to speak. And at first when I heard him speak, I have to tell you, Sean, that it was a bit, a bit of a shock. And I think it's the same shock that people experience with me because I have so many different sides to my personality. I can be very, you know, chill and, you know, just like having an intimate conversation with somebody and then suddenly I stand up and I'm, I'm you know, leading, leading a cheer. Um, so it's a little bit shocking when you see that transition. You, you, I, you know, I'd heard him on radio, and on radio he's very personable, he's yeah. very warm, he's very, yeah. he talks to people on a very intimate human level, and then you see him on the stage. And <laughs> I felt like I was at a Las Vegas show. I mean, that's how much charisma he has. 
Yeah, I know. Like when I met him too, he's very warm and gentle. But like once he gets into that like speech, you know, rally mode just sort of comes alive. Yes, exactly. So and again, I'll be completely honest. When I heard saw him up there on the stage, and also um, the previous speakers, and I think there were about ten of them. And of course, he was the uh, he was the last speaker. Um, I was thinking to myself. Am I am I going to get in? Really? Am I going to do this? Get involved in politics? All this scream, you know, yelling and just stick. Well, not yelling, but you know, gesticulating on st stages and exhorting people. But am I really going to do that? And I thought, well, you know, I have done acting. I, I did theater when I was a, a teenager, and I've done radio. And I was thinking, well, it's not really that different, is mm -hmm. it? Um, <laughs> politics is a bit theatric. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a question there, Alex. So what, what's it like, you know, being on tour, working for the, you know, for the party? What, what are the Irish people like over there? You know, are they just, you know, regular Joes? Are they like really, you know, younger people, older people, you know, crazy people, stuff like that? <laughs> All of the above. Now, did you say average people or did you say Irish people? <laughs> Irish. Well, I I'm... mentioned Irish people. Once. bloody Irish. <laughs> I'm actually one eighth Irish. Um, I'm about to start, I'm so tempted now to start tangentializing and talking about a conversation I had with some Brits while we were all drinking cider and um, someone started talking about the differences between the Irish and the British when they're drunk, but we'll <laughs> save that for, maybe we'll save that for later. Um, so the amazing thing about the Brexit party is you can't really generalize about it because we have people all the way from the left to the right and everything in between, but not the communists. <laughs> we don't have them. Okay, the communists are all on with Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. If I'm allowed to say that, is that... I mean, it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we don't have the communists. Okay. Um, and it it's going to be interesting as far as policy making goes when we basically, um, you know, we get into parliament because it is going to be contentious. And I've been thinking about that a lot, lady. I mean, how do you, how do you make policy when you have some people who um, are very, okay, we're gonna get into deep waters here, global warming versus no global warming, Ooh. right? Ooh, <laughs> that's a big one. Um, so I was thinking that our, our party, it's going to be intra-party, intra meaning within ourselves, intra-party democracy. In other words, we have to work things out amongst ourselves. It's gonna be contentious, um, but we're going to demonstrate, be an example of democracy working in action with our, in our own party. Now that's my vision. That isn't something that I've heard Nigel say or anyone else, that's just my um, internal sense of what is happening um, and I think that's a beautiful thing because one of the things I, I really dislike about American politics and why I would never have become involved in American politics although that's a strange thing to say since I'm now <laughs> waving around in the air one of the few known prints of my portrait of Donald Trump um, which I might reveal to you later Sean and DJT <laughs> um, so yes we were talking about intra party democracy and what i don't like in the u.s is i liken it to the hatfields and the mccoys um yeah. when i came back from germany just the the acrimony and the nastiness and the um the mudslinging i mean not that there's no mudslinging in britain except in britain they sling milkshakes okay which <laughs> yeah. is not quite as bad as mud okay well we'll get to the milkshake incident later 
Um, and part of the problem is that people are always engaging in these, okay, I'm going to show off now a Latin phrase. I did not study Latin, but uh, an ad hominem attack. When you're attacking the person rather than um, unpicking what they're actually saying. Um, so I think in, what's happening now in the Brexit party is people are really starting to listen to each other and talk to each other. And I've had many discussions with, you know, people in our party, you know, from teenage boys, you know, to elderly persons. And we have a lot of different ideas. Um, but, you know, what's that Beatles song? Uh, we can work it out. Yeah, we can work it out. We can work it out. Okay, wait, that's a great theme song. I hope, Nigel, you're listening. That's my idea for the night. Great theme song for policymaking, intra-Brexit party policymaking. We can work it out. We're going to be an ex a shining example of really listening to other people. And dare I say something about Barack Obama, actually? Ooh. Um, <laughs> he actually, I think he actually nailed it in his, he did um, a roundtable discussion at the University of Chicago in April um, 2016, a few months after, no, 2017, a few months after um, President Trump was elected. He did not say anything about President Trump, but what he talked about how is that we are not going anywhere in U.S. politics. We're dead in the water until people really start to listen to each other. And I think that's what I'm good at. I'm interested in everyone, um, even if I don't agree with their opinions or they don't agree with mine. So, um, I actually have a question though. Uh, yes. So, the difference between uh, British politics and American politics, like yes. at least the culture wise, um, would you say British people are actually listening to each other more, even the left and right, um, compared to like American culture where the left isn't really listening to people and you would say they're doing ad hominems? Um, the right. Uh, okay, that's a, that's a very um, difficult question. Um, I think that in Britain right now, the situation is so, and let's, let's emphasize this. This is the most serious political constitutional crisis in Britain since the 17th century. And um, I'm not going to tell anyone that they've been listening well to each other in Parliament. Certainly it's been entertaining. But I did find on the ground, though, that people um, don't engage in the, you know, they don't immediately just jump on you and say you're wrong. Okay. Um, which I, again, I think so, it's part of it has to do with British culture. The British like, you know, we like to joke all the time and I do get into trouble with my British humor in the U.S. <laughs> um, but maybe that would be for a, a much longer discussion on another edition mm. of this show. Mm -hmm. But thank you for the question, though, T. Yeah, that's I think, a good one. That's a tricky one. Yeah, my bet on that. Maybe a word a little... I'm gonna let Phil answer the uh, ask question right here. Oh uh, yeah, so. Uh, Hello. Yep. Are you, can you hear me? Can you? Hear yeah, me? we can hear you. Can you hear me? Phil, we can hear you. Hello. Hey. Phil, I think you're becoming a little bit un PC. Remember, uh, Mr. <laughs> Nigel Farage <laughs> might be listening. <laughs> okay, you're giving him a you're giving him a bad impression of U.S. Uh, current U.S. politics. All right, things aren't no, no, that no, bad no. yet. Can you, can you hear me, guys? Okay. Yes, can we can me? hear you well, Phil. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so, um, like being being in the thick of the Brexit party, right? Uh, what what was the best day of your life in British politics? Thank you, Phil. <laughs> you asked a million dollar question. The, 
Well, there are moments in life, and athletes call this being in the zone. When you just know you are in the right place at the right time, you're doing everything right, it's almost like the universe has staged this just for you and nothing can go wrong. And I will say that one of the greatest days of my life was the rally at Clacton-on-Sea. And that was one of the rallyers earlier in the campaign. And I arrived early, and now I'm, I'm trying to have a vision here. I want to try to take everybody back there to that day with me. So I arrived early on the train, and I'm walking down the street, which was, there was almost nobody there at that point, and I actually stopped in a tattoo parlor on the left. Oh, and Clacton-by-the-Sea is uh, largely a leave community. Um, so I stopped in at the tattoo shop. And um, the, the, the proprietor in there was saying, yes, Brexit party, Nigel Farage, way to go. And <laughs> he actually offered to give people 20 pound Brexit party tattoos. Oh, and check out my button, Sean. Did you see my button? T I did, I saw yeah. it right when we walked in, yeah. Yeah, so he said, and it's on the main drag there in Clacton on Sea, if anybody happens to be around there, you can get a 20 pound Brexit party tattoo. So, and then I kept, wandering down the street and then people were starting to gather and many of his team were all already there and I began passing out leaflets and I passed out a lot of leaflets and there was this triangle right there in the middle of Clacton-on-Sea and uh, there was this buzz in the air and everybody said Nigel's Nigel's coming soon Nigel's coming soon um, and he actually arrived on the turquoise blue Brexit bus. Mm -hmm. Have you seen? Have you? Did I've you seen see those pictures? Have you seen, I saw you, it with you. Yeah. You, did you see some of the pictures of me on yeah. my on yeah, my Twitter, on Twitter account? Yeah. Yes, the turquoise blue um, Brexit bus. And just an aside here, I have noticed that a lot of people are wearing turquoise blue. I noticed this Pop in New York. <laughs> I've noticed. I mean, is it just the fashion color of the season, or is uh, Mr. Farris just he's just so attuned even to fashion that he <laughs> knew that turquoise was going to be the color this season? He might be. He's got a good touch on the people. Oh, and yeah. by the so way, what, what is that that you got there? Um. Well, 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 okay, I'll go back to Philip's question yeah, sure. about the greatest day of my life, or one of them. So Nigel showed up on the uh, the Brexit Party bus, and remember, there's a lot going on. There's a rally about to happen, and the press are around, and so I kind of, I kind of passed it to him surreptitiously. <laughs> I passed it to him surreptitiously, and now I'm going to reveal it Ooh. to both of you. Okay. It's exclusive look, exclusive and on Real News. The original original is here in the United States oh. in a private collection, oh. and I made two. I basically made two prints of my own painting onto canvas, and here we go. Wow! All right, there Whoa. we go. That is. That's, oh my God, I love it. Oh, wow. Do you hear that, Nigel? The <laughs> the DJs oh. here, they love wow. the portrait of Donald it. Trump. How do, Are those clouds right up there? Is that what I see? Yes, they are clouds. Yeah, those are nice. Now, I know this is like silver paint. Um, yes, there's some silver in there yeah. and some, there's some gold in there. So wow. any thoughts about my you painting? You really got the face shape because I know I've heard like his face, it's the way his structure is. It's like one of the hardest thing to do. I think the, it, the picture nailed it for sure. Well, thank you, T. And have you heard yeah. that from other artists then that his uh, face is... No, actually, um, I... I've heard from other yeah, artists. Yeah, people that paint him you. say like it's, he's got a really... The guy did the 
um, these portraits of Trump online that he sells. Yes. He said it's really hard to get his face. Like, mm-hmm. for some reason, like, his face is really hard to, you know, yeah. And like she said, like, you gotta, like, yeah, perfectly. I, I've tried drawing wow. his face before just for fun, and <laughs> it was not, I, I couldn't get it, but like, I don't know how you do it. That's really, that's, I'm, I actually am shocked. I love it looks like him. Well, thank you. And I, I've had a lot of compliments on it. And actually, this was sort of, this was almost like a great handshake in, in mm. the, uh, you know, on tour, the, the Grand Brexit Party tour, because people often ask me, well, what do you think about Donald Trump? And so rather than answering the question, I just pulled out this copy, by the way, there are only two, two original prints of the original, and I showed it to people. And I did get a lot of reactions. And the interesting thing about painting this is when I painted this, I was in the zone. Now, I'll be honest, I really had no preconceptions about Donald Trump whatsoever when Mm -hmm. I painted that, which I think was a really good thing because I don't follow politicians, well, until now. Um, I hadn't followed his career and I didn't have any prejudices about him and I just painted it. And by the way, I am not um, a, a portrait. I'm not a, per- a person portrait painter. I am an animal portrait painter. Oh, I nice. do fur and feathers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was one of my first, like, what we call professional portraits yeah. of a human. And I think be- precisely because, and I think there's an insight here in both understanding him and understanding any politician or understanding anyone you're speaking to at all. If you can drop. This is very zen. If you can drop your preconceptions, then you can really understand the person. And mm-hmm. because I didn't have any preconceptions, I just painted it. And I think I was able, my, my goal was to really bring out his more human side. And I know there's a lot of bad press, but I do think, and again, this is just an intuitive thing there. I, I think I brought out his human side. We are going to take a caller here that's been patiently waiting. Thank you for coming. Could you introduce yourself, caller? Sorry, what was that? You're hard to hear. It's coming in all, like, sound like it's coming out of a can. <laughs> yeah, it's a little better. We'll see. We'll see how that sounds. There, although you would have been great on the um, the avant-garde show with Cosmic <laughs> Gray and I, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just try saying whatever you were gonna say um, before. I think that was an alien caller, and I, I, I believe me, I'm used <laughs> You've to. You've gotten those no, before. I, I I had a lot of alien callers actually, um, but Cosmic Gray is better at the alien sounds than me. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> so yeah, are you still there, caller? Or are you gone? <laughs> Okay, maybe we should move on to the next caller. I'll continue. Yeah, they're, greatest, they're gone. <laughs> greatest day in my life on the Grand Brexit Party Tour. So, yes, I, I slipped, Nigel, the portrait of Donald Trump, and then we all, you know, processed along behind him. He, uh, you know, dropped in a few of the shops and the pub and had a pint with people, and then, you know, we had he had a rally. Um, and, again, all I can say is, you know, charisma, it's kind of like being in at a rock concert. He's definitely the um, the rock star of British politics. 
He's got that stage presence. Yeah, he's got that stage presence. And then after the rally, um, I met a friend of mine and we did something typical. We had fish and chips and we walked along the beach. I well, He had to go back to London, but I walked along the beach. Mm-hmm. And this was the zone moment. It was just perfectly still and calm. And I, you know, presented Mr. Farage with this painting that I'd done. And I felt perfectly in sync that here I was. I was using my artistic talents, you know, helping a cause I believed in. And I just felt like this was an absolutely perfect day. And it's the difference, I think, between joy and pleasure. Joy is when you're just, it's like you're, you're just completely attuned to what you need to do and what's expected of you and you're attuned to the world. And that is not just, that wasn't just my most perfect day. That's what the Brexit party is doing in Britain, I think. Uh-huh. Another alien caller? <laughs> I think well, we do have another even... alien caller. Again, some like I, we've got a lot of calls this time, and like they've all been either dead air like that one, or just something. I didn't even know what the first one was. She said she was related. Uh, I think she said she was a witch, and that's why I was just like, oh, I. Are you sh- like I didn't know what it was about, so I put her on and nothing happened. No witches until the Halloween show <laughs> on the thirty first of October. Yeah, you guys are that a bit early. That is the big witching well, day. I think she heard that you're a psychic, so she got a little bit. Oh, she, she probably got excited and yeah. wanted to call and talk to oh. you. Well, maybe I should say something about that. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, go into yeah. that. Um, well, as many know, uh, Mr. Farage was sadly. Um, He was splattered by a milkshake up Mm. in um, Scotland. And the strange thing about that was for about two days before the incident, I started having these visions. And this has actually happened to me since I was a child. I get visions of something and then it happens. And I just had this image of him walking in a group of people and there was some kind of a projectile, but murky. And it was almost like enveloped in kind of a white cloud. And then, you know, two days later, the Sunday evening, this unfortunate incident happened. And um, later that evening, well, the, the, you know, it was all over the news. They were playing videos of it, if you haven't seen it. And I was talking to a friend of mine, actually, who, um, a black British guy who's a boxer, who is, you know, rather familiar with, we'll just say, security matters because he came from London. And what I said to him about the incident is, I said, he needs, Mr. Frouge needs black dudes on his team, right? The whole security team, I was looking around at them and there were, they were just all white guys. I mean, not that white guys can't be tough, okay? But I said to him, you need to, I, anyway, so my friend and I were having this discussion and um, he agreed. And the interesting thing is, my friend is a black British guy and he did I said that, you know, that I, you know, that I, I had this idea, he needed black uh, guys team this white guy just went for my throat he said you can't say that that is so racist you know um what do you guys think about that pc non-pc why can't why would an american white guy you know that whereas my black british friend he had no problem with my saying that Mm. i I think you know there could be cultural differences i don't know to be honest but you know i i think it's just it's sort of you know People are going to have different opinions regardless. And like when you're on your political team, you'll have your own opinions that, you know, tend to be like what everybody else has. You know, it's hard to say. But, you know, with um, all that said, though, when you showed us your Trump portrait there, that made me think like, what, what, what is, um, you know, yeah, there it is again. (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, it makes you wonder like, 
in Britain, do people, what do they think of Trump? You know, what does the Brexit team think of Trump? Is he like the British Trump in a way? Or is Nigel the British Trump, I should say? Oh, dear. I can already I can already hear the fruit being thrown through the airwaves <laughs> now as I start to answer this question. Um, is Nigel the British Trump? Um, I don't think so. I mean, they're both they're both people in their own right. I mean, of course, we everyone knows they're very good friends, but they're they're not like carbon copies of each other. And you know, I've actually heard people call into his show on LBC and say to him, "Oh, you know, you'll just go along with anything Donald Trump says," and that is not true. And that's not true within our own party either. And I, you know, and I certainly have um, you know disagreements with you know people about issues. Ooh, the oceans, right? Global warming. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, um, what was the question, DJ Sean? Is I was gonna say number one, like what is the British people's reaction to Trump, oh, and is yeah. Nigel seen as the British Trump? Yeah, that was my way of of, of trying to not go too deeply into that question. Um, although I did hear the MSNBC a few weeks ago compare Boris to Donald Trump, and they weren't doing it in a positive way either. They were trying to, you know, Boris is just another one of these blonde, psychotic despots like Donald Trump. And what I really didn't like, what I really found offensive about it is that it sounded like he was just using Boris Johnson to attack Donald Trump. Um, but it's okay. It's not true, though, that everyone in Britain hates Donald Trump. I mean, there are a lot of people in the Brexit party who admire Donald Trump for various reasons. And um, so I, I didn't get a lot of hostility towards Donald Trump, at least around me, either within the Brexit party or, you know, just talking to people on the streets of London. But I did get the question a lot. And I'll just say as an artist, it was fantastic to paint him because he has many different layers to his personality. And I'm, all, I'm actually working on a portrait of Nigel at the moment as well. And I'll... I'm actually finding it very difficult because I feel pressure because I know him now and I really want to get it right. And, you know, when you want to get something really right, it's then when you freeze up a little bit. Whereas with Donald, you know, I just painted it. And it, so you just kind of got to um, paint spontaneously, live spontaneously, speak spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Um, Next question I'll ask, because I think it's very relevant to where you've been. Uh, you spent a lot of time in London. And yes, as many I did. people know that London isn't the same London it was in the 60s and the 80s as it was now. No. Yeah, you know, it was then and now is totally different from what I've heard. Or when I was, when I was a child. Yeah. yeah. My father actually wrote poetry about London. And I read some of his poetry while I was living in London in the youth hostels. And reading it, it just it made me feel so sad because it's changed so much. Well, what is it like, though, living in London, actually, in 2019? Like, what is your sort of experience living there? And, you know, is immigration affecting it at all? Like, can I say that? I, I, feel, I don't think I can say this word on air, so I'll just say H-E-L-L. -L. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was H-E. hockey sticks. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Well, being on the shoestring art budget... I didn't even take the bus. I walked all over the streets of London. I would occasionally take the tube at night um, when I had to you know, go home and I was tired. Um, and okay, central London is walking down the street, just walking from um, Oxford Circus 
down to Charing Cross, I felt like I'd been beaten up every single day. I mean, I felt exhausted. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'd go down to Charing Cross a lot because I would use a library down there, the Westminster Library, and then I would also go to the National Portrait Gallery where on every every Friday night they have a free portrait drawing workshop. Um, and, you know, it's immensely popular. You have professional artists like me, you have just beginners, you have children. And so I went to the, that a lot and I was trying to perfect my portrait drawing skills so that I can, you know, paint this brilliant portrait of, of Nigel Farage, which I know he's going to love. Um, but it was just walking down the streets and there, there's just a lack of civility. I think, mm-hmm. and there, there's been a big change in that. And I'll, I'm gonna move into this obliquely by saying there are cultural differences, I think, which make, um, I think some of the, so there's the Eastern Europeans were um, in Soviet countries, Soviet bloc countries, which was a very harsh system. And I know a lot about this because I studied Russian here at Penn State and there, they, uh, okay, I'll, I'll contrast them with our Windrush generation in Britain. So the Windrush generation, of course, many of them came from, um, you know, they came from British colonies. And also I think their indigenous cultures are, um, they just they just jive better, I think, with British culture. Whereas the Eastern Europeans, they went through a tragic, horrific experience under the Soviet system. And, you know, that, and so I think that, that affects how they just interact with people on, on the street. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting ready with the dump, the dump button here in case <laughs> I start to say anything too, uh, too, uh, too offensive. But it is a cultural issue. And uh, it's not just a question of numbers. I do think I'll, I'll say this with conviction, that I think the people who have come from the, so- the former Soviet satellite republics, their, their culture is just very different. And that has to do with a very horrific experience under the Soviet system. And I think because of that, um, there are great difficulties or, for both, on both sides, for them and the British in, in London and around the country. And I'll just tell one anecdote about this. Sure. I know a, a guy who was working at a front desk at one of the, I will just say one of the hostels in Britain, a white British guy, and he tried to get a job at a Hilton hotel in Britain. And everyone working in the hotel, or almost everyone were Eastern Europeans. And he basically, they, they didn't hire him, even though he had a lot of front desk ex- experience. And basically he, he learned that they didn't want him because he didn't fit in with the culture in the hotel. Hmm. Mm. That's mm. weird. Yeah, that's a bit discriminatory <laughs> in a way. Yeah. And, and this is, yeah, and he's, mm. a, and he's a British guy. Um, and again, regarding um, you know, employment, my sister has worked in Bristol for donkey's ears, to use a British expression. And she said the problem is that because they came from these Soviet countries, they were used to very, very different working conditions, you know, working very, very long hours. They won't take a break. They won't take a toilet break. They don't ask for three tea breaks a day. (laughs) (laughs) And sort of, and because, and, and, you know, and they'll accept lower wages. And my sister said, you know, they work incredibly hard. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're not, many of them are very nice people. They're very sincere. They work very hard. But the problem is because they're used to these different working conditions, it is kind of undermining the working conditions that British people would like. An eight-hour day, a few tea breaks, right? An occasional break to the loo. So that now, of course, that's just my sister's opinion, but she she's experiencing it in the workplace. Um, yeah, I think 
that problem here too. Like, especially you start seeing H1B visas, like workers from like India and stuff, you know. But um, actually, I, I had a question. You know, how how do you think the British press compares to the American press? Um. Well, we, we did want to talk a little bit about the press. Maybe rather than focusing on that, I'll just um, relate some of my experiences with um, pr the press from various countries while I was on the Grand Brexit Party tour. Um, so my first experience with the press was with RT, which is Russia Today in English, or Rasiya Savodnya. And it was at the beginning of the, um, the March to Leave on the 29th of March at Fulham FC. And there was a journalist there from RT talking to some people in English. And I approached him and I said something to him in Russian. I said, you know, Privyet, Menyazavut Rebecca. Zunimals, Ruskum Yazikom. I studied Vuniversitet or something. And he, oh, I'm just, I'm just telling your listeners how my, my first experience with the media, in, not British media specifically, but I'm just talking about my experiences with different media okay. during uh, my time there. And the journalist from Russia Today, he just turned away from me. He did not even want to speak to me, which I thought, well, that's a bit odd. Um, and then I had another experience at one of the other rallies. The German television were there, and I speak German because I lived in German, and um, I started speaking in German when they approached me and asked me, okay, why do you want to leave the European Union? And when I started speaking in German, she said, nine, Alpha English, no, please speak in English. Hmm. And I just started wondering whether it's because there's this, there's this you know, completely baseless idea that Brexiteers are stupid and we don't speak foreign languages. And so I'm just wondering, maybe they didn't want to hear me speak foreign languages because that might you know, undermine this, this image that they're trying to, that's just speculation. Um, but so no. no, I know your question was about the British media versus the American media. And fortunately, my own my only experience with the American media, um, you know, is with the Lion ninety point seven <laughs> FM. Fantastic yes. experience. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. Are uh, you still there, caller? Maybe not. Is that the witch? Hi. The witch. Are you there? Oh, oh yes, yeah. Our I second caller still. Oh wait, both of them are still here. I think I hear him. Um, can I just say something to the witch a moment? I think what you should really do is call into my friend DJ TK's show. He does Altered State on Sundays here on the line 90.7 FM from 5 to 8 p.m. And he always does a fantastic Halloween show, which will be on Sunday, October 27th. Lots of Halloween-themed music. So please, witch, call back on <laughs> October 27th. And which are you the which call are you still there because i don't know if you were the same car as before or a different one or we got that correct well perhaps yeah. we should move on to um t t had a text message okay oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, how about the caller uh um, we're, we're, hello car are you still there Whitney the Witch Hunter. Uh, hey, hi, are you still there? Am I still oh, there's two there? of them. Wait. I'm going to turn into Nigel Farage right now and say, okay, let's move on here. Yeah. Let's move on to the next. Well, let's do the um, the caller first, and then I'll read you the text. <laughs> uh, we got the strangest cars. Yeah, what would you get there? Okay, so um, uh, someone messaged me, and uh, actually we're um, she wanted to get to know your abuse story. Uh, the two times. Uh, oh yes, abuse. It's actually yeah. getting. It's you know it's wonderful to get abused sometimes because you, it really pumps you up. Mm -hmm. So this was actually at my first rally, and even though even if you're a member of the uh, Brexit Party, one everybody still has to have a barcoded ticket for that event, and I didn't get mine in time. Um, 
So, but I went anyway. I went anyway. And I'm walking along the side of the road here and this whole group of protesters walking behind me started yelling, you are an awful person, you terrible people, you're an awful bunch. And I had not done anything. And a little bit later, because I couldn't get in to the event, I decided I'm going to lead a one-woman protest. And I w- marched up and down on the sidewalk there wearing my, you know, my now famous and infamous Paddington Bear Brexit party hat. And <laughs> I led my one-woman protest. And the people on the opposite side of the street were yelling, bollocks to Brexit, bollocks to Brexit, which in Britain is a rude word. And these were the very same people who had been telling me that I was an awful person and we were this awful group of people. You have to wonder about the hypocrisy of that, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Do you have... Oh, sorry. What were you saying? And, oh, yes, I was abused again when I was um, campaigning in Peterborough on the day of the by-election. That would have been Thursday, June 6th. And this was my first incident being abused by labor voters. And they looked me straight in the eye, these two gentlemen on their doorstep, Maybe I shouldn't have made a wisecrack about the cat. I was trying to be humorous. The moment I opened the, they opened the door, they looked at me with rage, and then I started saying something about, okay, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to um, get your cat to uh, support the Brexit party or something. And they, 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 they said something to me which I cannot repeat mm. on air, but it did involve a word beginning with F. <laughs> okay, but actually, that nice. kind of thing doesn't upset me. It, it it really actually motivates me. It gives me energy. It makes me, you know, kind of. It makes me. I get worked up, and I just want to fight. Then. Okay. Okay. So our second car that's on. Can you introduce yourself, sir, and um, say whatever you want to say. Uh, my name is Al. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Al, this is <laughs> a ser- this is a serious show. All right. <laughs> Well, okay. I'm All right. Too, okay. So, what is your question, Mr. Phil? Uh, well, uh, I, I just want. Well, first off, I wanted to let you know. Uh, I, 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 I'm sorry you went through that abuse back in the day. Yeah, that's a terrible that's thing to go through. Absolutely well, well, I, I, I do appreciate. I do appreciate your 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 sympathy, but um, um, I've I've had a lot of naysayers in my life, so I, I've learned to fend them off very, very quickly. It's basically just like the drops of a milkshake just falling off my back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no, that's that's very strong. I just want I want to let you know that's very strong of you, very well, strong of you to say all that. Well, now, thank you, Mister Phil. Would you like to hear about my? Al. Jo- this is Al. Oh, this is Al, Mister yeah. Al. Apologies, there, Mister Al. Would you like to hear about my uh, John McEnroe moment on the Grand Brexit Party tour? Now, many of you may not know who John McEnroe was. He was a 21st century American tennis player. He won um, uh, many uh, big tournaments, and he played a lot at Wimbledon. He did win Wimbledon a few times, and he would just go ballistic, absolutely Mm. ballistic. Um, By the way, professional tennis has also become too PC, I, I think, these days. It's not fun the way it used to be. So he would go ballistic, and he would yell at the umpires, you cannot be serious. So in Britain, I had my you cannot be serious moment. I'm on Team Wales, a volunteer on Team Wales, and um, I was an observer for the count after the European, the European parliamentary elections. And I arrived at the count, and two members on Team Wales sat me down at a table, and one of them asked me, he said to me, we need two candidates for, um, for parliament for Wales. Would you like to be one of them? 
Wow. <laughs> and now I did not verbalize this. Wow. Wow. Into your, 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 wow is right. That's an incredible story. Oh, that's an incredible story. Wow. Thank you, Mistral, <laughs> again for your sympathy because that was, the, the, yeah, that was one of the most shocking moments I, I have to say I've had in my life. Yeah. And I had that inter, I had an internal moment. Now I didn't verbalize this when I thought, they cannot be serious. Yeah, they cannot be serious. So I'm an artist, um, but I, then, then I just I didn't say that, and I said, "Well, <laughs> I said I have been campaigning to do art and promotions for the Brexit party and Mr. Farage because that's what I'm really good at." Mm-hmm. I said, "But like uh, like a, a a dutiful acolyte, yeah, I will right. do anything that he would like me to do." Right. All right. So. Uh- so yes. so do you do you have a like a Twitter handle or anything like that? Oh, thank you for asking. Um yes, I do. I am at Cosmic Rebecca on Twitter. Mm. At Cosmic okay. Rebecca. And if you go to my Twitter account, you can see a lot of photos of me yeah. with the turquoise blue Brexit party mm-hmm. bus. And Mr. Al, I may I may even say something during the rest of the show about my some experiences I had with the Brexit the the turquoise blue Hello. Brexit party bus. Hello. Oh, we got another we got another caller. We're really Hello. popular tonight. <laughs> All right. Hello. What's going on? Hi. How's it going? I'm okay. I'm doing okay. All right, caller. And and what is your question for me? My question is. Why? Why you go? Why you go UK? Why you don't like USA? Now I'm actually glad you, even though your question sounds antagonistic, um, I'm very glad you asked that because I am a dual citizen. Actually, I'm a triple national. I was born in one of the British Commonwealth countries, the Bahamas, to two British oh. parents. I had a very exotic beginning, um, and I, and so I was also. You know, British, of course, because my parents are British, and then I became a naturalized U.S. citizen in 2006. Nice. So I go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you have any other questions, caller? Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think of Hong Kong? What do I think of Hong Kong? Okay, I'll just spit it out. All right. What I think needs to happen immediately, and let me do say something. It would not surprise me if the PRC have not timed um, their um, mm, thuggery. Is that a good word? I like that. Thuggery? We can use that on here. Sure. Um, There to coincide with our our, uh, upheaval, our political upheavals right now in Britain because, you know, the British are preoccupied. So I think what needs to happen is we need to send a, Br- a joint British and American diplomatic, let's emphasize diplomacy. The British are very, very good at diplomacy. And of course, the Americans are good at cowboy diplomacy, right? F- few of both on our mm. team. And go over there. Let's get John Huntsman on the team. You know who he is? Oh, I do know who he is, yeah. yeah. He was the U.S. ambassador to, to China. China, and yeah. he speaks fluent Chinese. Let's get him on the team over there and show them that we mean business. And, of course, we have a president who shows we who showed we mean business with North Korea. But he did it in a really good way. He just called him up, hey, let's have coffee. Wow. Um, maybe let's not do that with Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you want war with Hong Kong? With China? Caller? Caller? That is not what I said. 
I said diplomacy. Now, um, thank you, caller, for your question. Can we pass on to the next caller? Sure. We'll go back to Al, because I think Al's still on the line. Al, what do you, um, do you have anything else you want to add to that or anything you want to ask? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Cosmic Rebecca, I, 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 while you were going to the other caller, yes. I, um, I, I, I took a check to your uh, Twitter handle. Yes. And I got to say, I got to say, you look like a cool drink of water on a hot summer day. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it now. Now, Mr. Al, can I wait a second? Where's my pen? Oh, wow. Where's my pen? I'm going to can I use oh. that one in my book? By the way, I am <laughs> writing. I'm writing a memoir, uh, Brexit Breaking, uh, volume one, which I like that title like that, um, mm-hmm. which starts in um we'll say January and goes all the way to early July and I might use that. So what was that again? A cool drink of water on a hot summer's day. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. A cool, a cool drink of water, not a hot one. I'm so disappointed you didn't say a hot drink of water. A hot drink. I'd rather be a hot drink of water on a cool summer's day. Right? Oh, no. (laughs) Thank you. A cool drink of water is more refreshing on a hot summer day, ma'am. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, where are you from? It sounds like you're in maybe the South. I don't want to assume, but it sounds like you are. Uh, so you would from, know what that's uh, like. Uh, I'm from from Flint River, Georgia. Right. Oh, so. okay. 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 Gotcha. And now, 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 Big Al, since you commented on um, how cool I, how cool and hot I look, depending on what kind of a day a man is having, right? You could want me mm-hmm. cool or hot. Um, did you notice my hat that I was wearing? In fact, I've got my hat. I'm very proud of my hat. It's my Brexit yeah. party, my grand Brexit party tour hat. And I do have just a little short, a little anecdote about that is I was en route to one of the Brexit party rallies and I was passing through Victoria train station now, not Victoria coach station, um, which is now, by the way, um, become sort of like the Ellis Island of uh, Britain through which all the, uh, we'll just say all the people who come from unfortunate situations are trying to, we'll say, break into Britain, you know, make it big. Um, so I was passing through Victoria train station and this man yelled out at me. Now remember, London, there's some hot looking dressers in London, right? Mm. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Farage is one of the best dressed men on the planet. I love his shirts and ties. Mm. So this man yelled out at me, best hat in the city, best hat in the whole city. Um, so that's just an aside, but um, Big Al, did you also notice the big blue bus I was standing next to in some of those photos? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, real that, big bus. The real big blue bus, that's right, that's right. And that's kind of appropriate because I think of um, the Brexit party as the, it's like the Beatles mania of, um, you know, of Brit- the, yeah. the, the Beatles mania of politics, right? And of course, they've got a song about, maybe we'll play that later. You know, was it a big submarine? Oh, it was a big yellow submarine. Yeah, yellow submarine. Yellow submarine. Okay. Well, we've got a big turquoise bus and the numbers on this bus are swelling. We're going to have to get a whole fleet of buses. We've got so many people now wanting to join our bus. Um Yes, I hitchhiked once on our own bus. Can you believe that? And maybe really? I'm, yes, that's I, terrifying I, to do in America. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was right after one of the the rallies in Wales, and I was with my friend Joe Heppenstall, and I'll give a big shout out to him. 
big shout out to Joe Heppenstall in Wales. He um, is one of our young Brexiteers. He's 20 years oh, old. Wow. And I'm, I'm um, trying to persuade him to be my personal assistant because he is just fantastic. He's spontaneous. He's in the moment. And after this rally, I said to him, the bus is coming up the street. I said to him, we're going to hitchhike. We're going to hitchhike back to the train station on our own bus. Okay, because we were worried about making the train on time. And he's like, yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> Okay. I think and you we know. stuck our thumbs out and and remember there's a whole line of traffic behind the turquoise blue bus mm-hmm. our, our big turquoise blue Brexit party bus <clears throat> and I, we stuck out our thumbs and we got on and then and, and you can see some of those photos it's the one where I'm flashing um, the Brexit party sign which has Nigel's signature on it and we're on the bus and we're careering from side to side down narrow you know narrow roads with trees hitting us it was just absolutely fantastic yeah. so big shout out to Joe Heppenstall and you can follow him on Twitter too Joe sounds like a cool guy. And I think Al right here would make a good assistant, too. I mean, his creativity with the language is pretty good. Well, you know, you say whatever you want, whatever. Um, <laughs> I had something else to say. Yes. Um, I, Kind of a question. Yes. Uh, you said you were like a psychic, right? Um. I didn't say I was a psychic. That isn't my primary occupation in life. My primary occupation in life now is to use every one of my artistic abilities and talents to bring Brexit about on the 31st of October. But I do have very strong psychic abilities. I've had them since I was a child, and they have certainly helped me very much in my, um, you know, my adventures. Because you know, in any political campaign, there are going to be really difficult moments, right? Mm. Really, really difficult moments. And in fact, I remember President Trump saying at one of his campaign rallies, you know, he said the truth. He said, "I didn't realize how difficult this was going to be." Okay, so maybe I'll just say something about some of my difficulties. So being on a very small budget, mm-hmm. staying in the youth hostels, I there were nights when I thought, okay, uh, th- there's no point in my spending a whole night, you know, spend, paying for an entire night's stay when I'm only going to be there for a few hours, right? Because I've got to get on a coach to the rally at 6 a.m. in the morning. So um, I would check out. I'd put all my, my belongings in a, in a storage locker there, and I would head over to Victoria Coach Station. And I remember before my first official rally, that is attending with a ticket, um, I spent the entire night sitting up in Victoria Coach Station. Um, and by the time I got to the rally in Nottingham, I actually felt like I was just going to... F- fall over fortunately i have very strong legs because i'm a skier and that didn't happen but if you go onto youtube and watch and you watch any of the brexit party rallies leading up to the european parliamentary elections you can see me at times donning my dark glasses and there's a reason for that because there were moments i felt very i felt so tired i thought okay put on your dark glasses look look mysterious and um you i you know keep it together mm-hmm Yes. Well, so well, again, uh, any po- uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go please go ahead. Well, Big out. I'm Al. sorry. Uh, yeah, well, I was I like hearing you speak, but uh yeah. Um well, uh can I can I I, I don't really do much psychic stuff, but I could definitely read your future, man. Really? Oh, now that now that that's very interesting. Now, Bill, y'all, let me let me tell you something. I already have a sense of my own future, so let's hope the two coincide. Please, please go ahead quickly, and then we'll me get too. back I to hope yes. Too, man. Yes, please go ahead. 
No, my, the future uh, I read is you and me in a bar downtown. How's that sound? <laughs> well, okay, uh, Big Al. Now, I I did live in State College here. I was a student here, and uh, for six years, and I know the downtown quite well. And as Nigel always says, and by the way, Nigel loves a pint. He yes, loves he a does. pint. Yes, he he does. loves a pint, <laughs> although yes. he has on, cut man. down a lot. Um, and that's one of the great things about him. He he's one of us. He you know he he gets along with everybody. He'll sit in the pub and, and drink with people, and um, so that that seems very appropriate. That after the after the show is over, we'll head over um, to a, a bar and continue with this discussion. I must say <laughs> though that I am meeting Cosmic Ray for a philosophy gig. Not my. It was Cosmic Ray who said, "I'm meet me at the philosophy gig at the State oh. Theater." <laughs> so I'll be doing that. But then maybe later we'll go to a bar. Which one shall we go to? Let's let's pick that right now. We we can we can pick one. Anyone you want to go to, whatever uh, whatever gets us good and licked. Okay. And by the way, you won't need to order any beers, Big Al, because I'm going to be that cool drink of water for you. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> okay and uh, yeah okay so let's get back to the politics this is a serious show here. yeah all right. as you can tell <laughs> all yeah, right do you have so, any politics questions it's, it's wonderful hearing from you and uh have a have a uh, we'll, i'll see you later yep see you later al thanks for calling in. okay i should yep. i should tell you al though that um i am a trained martial artist did i mention that Oh, okay. yeah, you, did say, you did say you had strong legs. I, I kind of like that. Too. I am a trained martial. I am a trained martial artist. In fact, um, I, w I was giving people, um, you know, at this location I was staying. I was staying at a YMCA. Yeah. And um, actually, we might have been talking about the the unfortunate milkshake incident. And I was getting really riled up. I was saying, I could have so stopped that milkshake. And I started giving a demonstration of karate kicks against a wall. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Watch out. I mean, by the way, this is an old wall. This is Britain, right? Walls are old, okay? <laughs> and they work. They are old. They are not prefab, okay? They're not particle bo board. And I kicked this stone wall, okay? <laughs> and this one guy said, Oh my God. He said, I feel sorry for the wall. <laughs> I feel sorry for the wall. Maybe I should be on the security team. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Any so last comments out before, we, before you leave? Yeah. I, I, my, I, don't, I don't know much about martial artists, but uh, yeah, my. Uh, Just think my, of my me as a Bond girl. <laughs> a yeah, a well, Bond girl. Yeah. Well, my, well, my last, my, 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 ex, my ex wife says I got a black belt in Kama Sutra. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Well, now, okay. Big Al, Big Al. Okay. We, we, we're working here towards having black belts in conversation. Oh. So I think we're, mm. I, ooh. So Al, I think we're going to have to say, uh, save any more of your comments for a show after midnight. Yeah, because might, I have yeah, a lot more right. to say about the, my adventures on the Brexit party grand tour. Now, you when may I want to use that cold that. water on that burnt. What was that? Last comment. Mm, I'm looking forward to that, man. <laughs> okay. See you later. Okay. You know, I think I'm going to kick a few walls on my way down to, to um, the bar. Mm. Mm. Okay. Whatever gets, you, whatever gets you there quicker, man. 
Okay, bye, Al. Right. You're an interesting caller. Thank you. Bye, bye. Okay. All right, he's gone. He's gone. Well, Sean, what I'd like <laughs> anyway. to anyway. So, Sean, what I'd like to do sure, now sure. is go back to how I got involved with the Brexit yes. party. So, it was that moment when I I saw Nigel speak in the um, European Parliament on the 30th of January, and after I saw that, I wrote a testimonial, and the testimonial is actually going to be kind of the prologue to my my book oh, yeah, I'm writing. Yeah, yeah. And there are only two people in the world who've read it, and he would be one of them. And I'm just going to read uh, maybe a few paragraphs from it, all right? We like a nice little tease. Okay. So... As with any, you know, as with any play or, or 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 drama or great drama, all the surrounding characters are very important. And so, before he made his speech, there were several people who spoke, including several Germans. And I love watching the Germans in the European Parliament because they their whole perspective on how to do things is very different from the British perspective. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna start here. I was. This is a um, in this paragraph. I'm talking about one of the, one of these Germans. All right, mm-hmm. and I'll just jump in and he, sure. okay. So this German, he was iterating and reiterating the plight of the European Parliament vis-à-vis Westminster, stating all the known knowns in exasperated German. And I was on the edge of my seat, waiting for him to spontaneously combust. But this did not happen. Rubbish erupted from the sidelines, and this bit of wisecrack added relief. Excellent German from the bench on my right, the Irish chairwoman chided in a restrained manner. I sorely wish I could ban the word rubbish from this chamber, she continued, but that power is not within me. I would ask that those seated in the British bench show respect for the speakers. This is the European Parliament, not the British Parliament. You go, girl, I thought, enjoying her refined dominatrix scolding of the British men as they sat there equally enjoying, like naughty schoolboys, their disruption of the proceedings. Mr. Giefer Hofstadt was the next speaker, and my stomach churned at the increasing drama. I knew, as I do when momentous things are happening, that here before me on a computer screen a great moment in history was in the making. His brown beetle's hair was swinging wildly like the Germans as he listed the offenses of the British Parliament since December. Day after day, changing your minds, passing amendment after amendment, winning or losing by a few votes, and often contradicting each other. Is this how you do things? Is this? He bellowed, breaking into apoplexy as he gyrated towards the Brits. Yes, yes, they affirmed with great laughter, nodding their heads as the camera swung to pan over the lot of them. But one naughty schoolboy clearly stood out. Smartly dressed in pinstripes, his whole face and inner being were smiling, with eyes that could ignite the frozen tundra into an inferno or light up all the signage in Vegas. He, like I understood, that this is the way the British do things. Muddling through, creatively and flexibly considering various options and finding each other oh so hilarious as they do so. The snarling Verhofstadt went on. I know this afternoon that Mrs. May and the leader of the opposition, Jeremy Corbyn, are meeting at number 10 Downing Street. And I seriously hope that there will be some substance and not simply eating biscuits and drinking tea. Rubbish, 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 an echo of three resounded. 
With lilting Irish, the chairwoman said, Now Mr. Farage has the floor. Three minutes, please. He peeled off his headphones so physically I felt that he was shedding layers of irritation to control his wrath. Indeed, public anger had a big impact on those votes in the House of Commons yesterday, and with it a diminution of the risk of a second referendum. Within a few opening words, I was overtaken by his charisma. You're right, the risk of a no deal, he continued, has increased, not because of what happened last night in Westminster, but because of the response, gentlemen, that we got from you this afternoon. From the moment he stood up, I knew. Nigel Farage, I sensed, had his finger on the pulse of history, knowing innately, as no one else did, its dangerous flow into the future, while also possessing the courage, as no one else did, to put a break on it. Wow. So that was an excerpt from my, uh, my, the prologue to my book I'm writing called Brexit Breaking. And uh, maybe that's a good way to work into the theme of history and why history matters, especially to Brexiteers. And a, and a real difference I've noticed between Brexiteers and Remainers. When you talk to Brexiteers of all ages, like my friend Joe Heppenstall, who's only 20 years old, who has an enorm- who, who is studying history, is that they're, they're more concerned with long-term processes and they're not terrified of short-term economic consequences. Whereas some of the Remainers I spoke to um, mention things like, well, we're afraid that our lifestyle is going to go down and we mm-hmm. won't have German washing machines <laughs> and, you know, Italian wines, et, et, et cetera. Um, so I always say in life that everything is a time problem, everything. And I think this is a time problem too, meaning some people see the long term and some people just see the short term and they're frightened of the immediate and what might go wrong, et cetera. Now, obviously you can tell I'm someone, I, I, I'm not frightened of little things going wrong in the short term because things are always going wrong in the short term, right? Mm. Um, and you just work through it. It's the long term that, that matters. Um, and as far as Brexit can, is, goes, I think um, the long-term historical process is with us, okay? We have a caller on the line here. Uh, could you introduce yourself, caller, and uh, then say whatever you want to say, questions asked, or have a discussion, whatever you want to do? Hey, what you doing, Lassie? What, what's, what's going on here? Who is this? My name's Alec O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's Alec? Okay, Mr. O'Shaughnessy, I'm, we're going to put you on hold just a moment because I have a very special gift for Sean. All right? <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Okay. You need, to, we, you need to watch Nigel Farage's show. Okay. Does he get these? <laughs> um, well, he, he's, he's, very, he's very polite. He's always very, very civil. But when people start tangentializing and, and veer off the tracks too much, yeah. thank you very much. On to the next caller. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I have a gift for you, Sean. Oh, really? Yes. Look at this. Oh, those I thought, are nice. Since this is our first time on air together, Aww. it's a pair of United Kingdom socks. Wow, those are nice. Did you make those yourself? No, I, <laughs> I didn't make them. I'm Always gonna have hand to ask. those over Thank to you. you. And it's very by nice the way, Nigel wears United Kingdom socks. Oh. <laughs> I've seen his feet up cl- very up up close, in fact, because I was standing not too far from him. I think it was at the rally in London. 
and he was being interviewed and it's actually hard to take your eyes off his face because he has so much magnetism and every this is actually one of the reasons it's difficult all right i think i'm having some some challenges in painting him because most people's features you focus in you might focus in on one feature or or but every single one of his features is animated and expressive and they're all working together in an orchestra so it's hard to take your eyes off his face but when you do mm. i was looking at his feet and like british men my father did this too his trousers were kind of pulled up so you could see his socks okay yeah. and he had on his uk socks so, if you want to be a bona fide supporter, Sean, of I the Brexit party, <laughs> gotta wear those socks. Yeah, they look like they're my size too. They're perfect. Yeah, I love them. It's very and, nice of you. And now we'll just mention our website, thebrexitparty.org, and you can go to that and you can look at our events. You can become a supporter, and you can see how you can get involved. And of course, you don't need to be a British citizen. We want to get as many Americans on board as possible. And of course, I'm a dual citizen, mm -hmm. so um, right, we talked about that. I go both ways yeah. on either side of the Atlantic. <laughs> um, Oh, and also I have another gift for you, and this is our official newspaper. Oh, wow. Now, this is our July issue, actually, um, because I left the UK at the end of July. And there it is, The Brexiteer, and maybe next nice. time you, you can take, I love that title. You can go home Thank and, you very much. and take a look at, at that. I collect newspapers, too. This oh, you is do? perfect. Oh. Okay. We have another, sen another caller. Uh, a sensible caller. Yeah, this one Sean, will be sensible. This will be a hopefully. sensible caller. Hello, caller. I hope you have a a reasonable question for me. Okay, so I think I'll go back. T, you were asking me about oh, the rallies gonna, during yeah, the break, and you had a question about that. Uh, so I just want to uh, know how are your rallies like? Can you tell me like anything about the rallies? Like any T, like, can I hold your hand? Can you feel the energy? I yeah, still I feel it. Do actually. you feel it? Right, as I said, it, uh, the Brexit party is like the Beatles mania of Britain. Yeah. Okay, and. <laughs> Well, I w okay, so my first experience uh, of leading a, a rally or leading at a rally was actually yeah. a protest. It was a counter protest. Uh, did I mention that already? Oh, yes, I was I yeah. walked up and down a sidewalk, you know, yelling. Uh, they kept yelling the other side of the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. um, we love our EU. We love our EU. And then I started yelling with a makeshift microphone. We love our UK. And eventually they started oh, to wow. realize Ever. how bad this looked. They kept yelling we love our uk eu and i and then i would you know countered them with yeah, we, we love, love our, our UK. uk and at a certain point this was amazing this i think was one of my yeah. best moments in life all of them on the sidewalk went dead silent dead silent um but my other i think one of my other uh best moments at the rallies i was surrounded by a group of teenage boys who were from a local comprehensive in london and outside the venue they were telling me about how their um their labor Jeremy Corbynista um, history teacher was making them toe the party line and didn't even want to listen to their arguments about why they supported Brexit. And so um, we all were herded together and uh, into one air. And we were all, I'm sitting amongst all of them. And at a certain point, I said, OK, we're all just going to stand up on the chairs. And I said to all of them, all these guys, we're all going to stand up on the chairs right now. And I started, you know, I started within, with, it, with our chant, OK, you're going to join in, right? OK. What do we want? Brexit. Brexit. When do we want it? <laughs> now. <laughs> what do we want? Brexit. Brexit. When do we want it? Now. now. What do we want? Brexit. Brexit. When do we want it? Now. now. 
Okay. So you, you can see, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, humans are like lemmings. So yeah. that can be a great oh, thing, yeah. right? When the energy is good, everybody just, people started jumping up on the chairs yeah. and all the, all the media started swarming towards us. So th- that was pretty exciting. But I must say the, the last rally I went to um, before I left the UK was our big vision rally in Birmingham. And we had glow sticks. We had this kind of, um, uh, how do I describe it? This kind of synthesized kind of rock, um, ambient beat music. And Nigel came striding in. And we actually had um, the air raid, air raid sirens blaring. You should watch some clips of it on YouTube. It was pretty, pretty exciting. Um, and, you know, for a moment, I'll, I'll just say something emotional. Okay, mm-hmm. which is in any campaign tour, there are very emotional moments. Some of them are very painful. Um, some of them are exciting. But I remember when I was staying at the YMCA, there was this really nutty French guy there staying at the YMCA. And I remember I was on my way to one of the rallies. I was just about to walk out the door. I'm in my, you know, my big hat and my nice outfit. And he said to me, he said, you know, most you look like hippie. At breakfast, you look like hippie. You know, you look like hippie. Um, you know, leggings. You know, you go to yoga class. He said, now you look amazing. You look amazing. And I see something. I see something very important. Very important. You look happy. You look happy. And that really struck me. Um, and I thought, you know, he's right. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what my logistical difficulties with doing this are, once I got myself together and I'm, I'm on my way, I felt this incredible exhilaration and everyone else could see it. You know, again, you just know you're in the, you're in the moment, you're doing what you spo- you're supposed to be doing and you feel absolute conviction. And I actually might just tell a little story about conviction. This was coming back on the train back from one of our rallies in Wales and I'm surrounded by the Brexiteers and this guy comes up to us and um, he introduces himself and it actually turned out he was someone who was quite high up in, in the Conservative Party. I didn't know who he was and he told me his name and then I later uh, found out. But he said, um, he said, I was just at one of your rallies and I gave a fake, we, uh, the, um, and I gave a fake name and we all looked at him and said, well, why did you do that? And he said, well, I'm thinking of jumping ship. I'm thinking of, you know, switching to, I mean, he was a member of the Conservative Party. He said, I'm oh, th- yeah. oh, and by the way, he also said he'd been on the British team that went to visit to, to meet with pre- President Trump's team here in the U.S. Um, and, you know, by the way, he also, he said that President Trump's team were fantastic. They were all very professional, very together. Um, but going back to the train, he just said, how do you know? Where is all this conviction coming from? And I could see the way he was asking the question. He was really calculating in his mind whether this is a good move for me or not. Mm. Is this going to be a good move for me, for my career, switching from the Conservative Party and moving to the Brexit Party or not? And that isn't how I think about things. Um, and he said, but for you, he said, I, he said, you've got this, this incredible conviction, this calling. And I didn't say this to him, but it's one of those things that you either feel it or you you don't, and I feel incredibly lucky to feel that, to, to be to be given that that sense of a of a calling. Because for many people, of course, they do have to make calculations about what they're going to do and whether they should switch parties. And certainly, there's a tremendous amount of that going on right now in in Britain. Okay, great. Yeah, 
two things I want to hit on because yes. we're about uh, 10 minutes left here. Uh, number one, which is that on Twitter, Bilbo2328 uh, says, are you going to take Big Al's drink offer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be a, 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 a way of um, saying that I have for a long time like President Trump, by the way, I am a teetotaler. I, uh, you know, I came from an Anglican family, and the Anglicans don't drink as much as the Irish Catholics. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Press yeah. the dump button there. <laughs> um, so I've never been much of a drinker, but when I was in Britain, I started to drink cider, and I decided, okay, I, I'm going to try to be a bit of an alcoholic. I'm really going to go for this to see if this, because I'll be honest, this was real. Politics is stressful, especially when you're on a very small budget. Um, you know, you're. So, I mean, especially in London, you asked me about living in London. London is incredibly expensive. I mean, I couldn't even afford to take the bus. And as I said, for me, a tube fare was a treat. So it is incredibly stressful. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe I should try drinking a little bit. Um, so I, I did try. I've been trying actually now for about six weeks to work on being an alcoholic. But this is not working out for me. <laughs> I think I just don't have, I, 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 you know, I've just got too many Anglican genes. I, ju I just don't have have the right constitution for it but um it, it depends on what he would like to buy me as a drink um how about ah how about a lar uh, a venti how about a venti soy milk frappuccino starbucks frappuccino soy. with 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 um chocolate syrup how's that hey i always prefer milk and my co-hosts make fun of me wherever i go because i don't drink any alcohol <laughs> i just take a nice big glass of cold fresh <laughs> milk <laughs> Two or one percent. <laughs> oh, let me say something about the milkshake because sure, and then we'll get the to the car. Shake. Somebody yeah. asked me about the flavor of the milkshake before I went to the the rally the day after uh, Nigel had been shaked. Um, somebody mm. said to me, "Find out what kind of a milkshake it was. <laughs> what kind <laughs> the of question milk? that matters? Yeah, what kind of a milkshake was it? Um, Did it bring all the boys to the yard? <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Um, it's not after midnight, Mr. You're being rather naughty, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Caller. Mr. Phil. That's Phil. Oh, that's it's Phil. A, okay. It's a, it's a hit song here. Okay. It's a hit song here. It's like a, <laughs> so my I, milkshake brings so all the So I found on the next that. day. That's like the lyrics to it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. in answer to your question, I found out that it was a, I guess this is a mix of a salted banana or banana. <laughs> they say banana. Salted oh, caramel yeah. and banana milkshake. That's huh. what I found out. All right. So the first time I was, at, and it was from Five Guys, and the first time I was at a Five Guys back here in the U.S., I walked in the door and I said, please, I would like to have a Nigel Farage milkshake. Um, and they looked at me and they went, oh, what's that? And I explained to them. It's, and, I, and I told them what had happened. Mm -hmm. And you know what I think we need to do? This would be a great way to promote the Brexit party around the country, <laughs> right? Hashtag Nigel Farage milkshake, hashtag five guys, right? And we want to try to get people all over the country to go to five guys and order these milkshakes. I mean, there's no such thing as bad publicity. And that's one of the things I learned from reading what? Art the art deal. of the deal. And thank you for providing me from, with all Absolutely. of these, these quotes. I yeah. mean, that's what one of the things that Donald says that he really learned in dealing with the New York press when he was trying to get yeah. a lot of his projects off the ground, right? That even the most negative publicity, over time, it would actually turn to his mm. favor. Okay, yes. we're going to... 
Do, would you want to say something, Phil, I heard? No, you, you got to be careful when you're uh, asking for a Nigel Farage shake. Some, some, <laughs> of these people, some of these people might give you a half chocolate, half quick creep. <laughs> oh, okay, no. now I, I'm not actually familiar with that milkshake because I've only had a Five Guys milkshake once, the time when mm -hmm. I walked into Five Guys after I returned from mm -hmm. the UK. Um, so, so actually, I think I'd rather not have you explain the contents of that milkshake <laughs> right well, now. Uh, no, no, no. That was a it was a joke because some of these are like uh, with some of the protests going on over here. Yes, yeah. they've actually found out that some of these milkshakes have actually had like quick crete, which is like a quick concrete. concrete. Yeah. Oh, okay. So That's I wasn't like familiar with that term. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Very true. Yeah. Oh. So. Since we're low on time here, uh, caller, are you still there? Are you still there? Okay, I guess you are. Yeah, gather yourself together, sir. Um, what would you like to ask our guests here or have a conversation about? Oh, can I just plug our phone number again? Yeah, yeah, got it right here. 814-865-9577. That's 814-865-9577. And I'll just take a moment also to plug my friend, my good friend, DJ TK show, Altered State, which is on Sundays from 5 to 8 p.m. But he will not be on tomorrow because he's on a bit of a, a little vacation. So. <laughs> That's nice. It's good to mention that. So, what'd you want to say, Car? About that, I was calling. I was calling earlier, and I, I had a little bit of autism. You know, I was drinking a little bit. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're okay. Well, well, did you feel better now? Yeah, I feel a little bit better now. I wanted to ask how her time was at the Penn State. You know, what club? What was her major? Oh, I um, ja zanimalas ruskom yazikom. Oh. Okay. See oh. if you can decipher any, that one. Any more questions? I, is I that a little bit of Russian that I sense? I assume that's French. What do you do for your, for your uh, assignments? For that? You just turn a white paper like the national flag. <laughs> oh, are you actually? Oh, no. Well, I mean, you're asking me about the, my course content at Penn State. I will say something, actually, and it's relevant to what we're talking about, is I remember just up the street... And the weather here in the winter can be awful. <laughs> yes? be very cold and lizards, icy. Yeah. Lizards. Um, and I remember walking towards the library, you know, in the middle of a terrible blizzard to, you know, work on, um, you know, Russian Russian verbs and case endings, etc. And I would sit there thinking to myself, why am I, why am I doing this? Well, this is, and you know, I, I would go. I would. I would be doing my homework. And again, I'm a teetotaler. I would be drinking vodka, vodka, okay, the whole night because I was so terrified of my Russian professor, who was educated, by the way, in the Soviet system, and she took no prisoners or students. Um, so I would ask myself, why am I doing this? And then some. There was something within me that just told me I need to do this. I need to know the Russian language. I need to train as a Russian translator. This is an important skill for me, and I'm going to. I'm going to crack on, whatever the difficulties. I'm going to just keep cracking on. Well, it looks like we. Because uh, I think we have two callers on the line right. here. Um, is the other caller you you there at all? No, not yet. Well, we'll see. Sound like a girl, so we'll see if she hops on anytime soon. Well, I, got, I got one more question for you. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. S send it our way. LSD. Um, boy, now I'm starting to feel like David Cameron in his interview this past week um, with Nick Ferrari on lbc.co.uk in Britain. And you can go online. You can listen for free from the United States. Nice. And you can go on the website and listen to the, the pre-recorded nice. interview. And I know someone asked him about his 
previous drug use. And I know this has come up with other politicians as well in Britain. Um, and I don't think anyone has really uh, successfully handled this. So this is how I'll handle this. Um, the honest truth is, and I've always been kind of um, in that sense, I because I grew up in Cal, well, after we left the Bahamas and Britain. We moved to California and I'm kind of a yogi. I was schooled on yoga and Zen Buddhist meditation. So I haven't really needed, I've never really needed drugs and that's the honest truth. But I was once when I was an, um, a student at UC Berkeley, someone in a cafe gave me a cookie which was laced. Ooh. It, it was nice. laced with LSD. And nice. it would that take an like entire other show to talk about that experience. Wow. Did you not know at all? Um, this was at one of my lowest moments, points in life. And I was sitting in a cafe despairing and my, a friend of mine's boyfriend, who it turned out was a local drug dealer, although I didn't know that at the time. He said, here, have this cookie, this delicious chocolate chip cookie. And he <laughs> told me it had cannabis in it, which it did. Mm. Um, and I had no, I'd never eaten a cannabis cookie and he gave it to me anyway. I wound up later in the ER. Oh. <laughs> and um, they actually did a chemical analysis of the. Was it of me or of the cookie? No, it must have been of me because the cookie had been long digested. And it turned out, yes, it did have LSD in it. Wow. Do you yeah. have any more? Well, sorry, you're going to say something, Phil? Yeah. No, 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 no. I was say. I was just. I, I was just interested in her story. Like, yeah. The whole LSD thing. Yes. Well, but oh, that's all. That, that's the only time I've ever. Um, I didn't take LSD. Um, let's think. Okay, guys, let's think of a politically correct way <laughs> to say that I had a drug experience, but it was one I chose. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's not yeah. your fault it was at all. A, it and was we a, don't endorse I mean, drug use on the show. It was an involuntary, an involuntary psychedelic drug experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't. Obviously, to be clear, we don't endorse uh, okay. any drug use or encourage it. Any more questions? Yeah. Thank you for thank you for your question, and let's move on to the next caller. All right. Um, let's see. Is the other caller there? The female that called in? No. No. I guess not. Okay. We have like one more minute we can go. Is there any last little things uh, you want to say, Cosmic Rebecca, before we close out here? Well, it turns out that being in the Brexit art party, well, that's the unofficial party, being in the Brexit party is was great for my budget because I, once I, I, I missed my train because I was so dazzled by one of our uh, rock concert type Brexit party rallies. I missed my connecting train and I would have been stuck all night waiting for a train in the morning and I had my big placards, which you can see on my Twitter account, um, which they- Can you plug that right now before we forget? Yeah, I'm at Cosmic Rebecca on Twitter and Cosmic Rebecca. Yeah, thank you. Let me just finish what I was saying. Um, and on the- Oh, do we have a caller? Wait, let, please, please call her. Just let me finish. All right. Oh, please, take the rest of the I was holding up my big placard on the, on the train station platform, which says make, you know, change politics for good. And this train conductor said to me, you know, because you've got that placard, I'm going to give you a free taxi all the way back to my destination, which would have been about a 50 pound taxi. So that really helped me a lot because I couldn't. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Yeah. Carl, we got one minute. What do you want to say? 
just escaped from Area 51 during the security distraction yesterday, and I already want to run back because your voice is like brain sandpaper. <laughs> wow. He's as Jiminy's. I'm sorry, was that my voice or Sean's, which is the brain sandpaper? <laughs> Sean's is heavenly silk. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, okay. Well, caller, I'm, you know, caller, I am thrilled you've called. You know why? What's that phrase? Dirty Harry, make my day. Because when I, when I get this kind of it's antagonism, you have no idea how much energy you have just pumped into my system. I'm the kind of person, the more you tell me I can't do something or the more insulted I get, well, thank you, caller. <laughs> Any last words, Carl, before you go? <laughs> Dump. Uh, uh, that, what? Uh, okay. Okay, um, bye-bye. So I just, now I just want to give a big shout-out nice to all of, of my... Well, I mean, again, antagonism is good. You you don't get anywhere in life if you don't have enemies and foes because they they keep you they keep you um they they get you out of bed each day without caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's plug Team Wales. I'm on Team Wales um, for the Brexit party, and they kicked off their Make Britain Strong Again tour today in Newport. And let's just do a big shout out, everybody, to all of my friends in Wales today. I've heard it was an immensely successful rally, and I think it's just the beginning for another immensely successful series of rallies, which are going to lead, of course, to eventually a whole block of turquoise blue in the interior chamber of the commons. I, yes. I, I can see it. Yes, I, I can see it, too. It's I definitely can, a revolution Can you happening. see me in there? I could see so many people. I could see you in there. Really? I could see lots of just everyday average British people finally getting a chance to voice. Exactly. To, to have a voice, actually. To have a voice. And that's what Nigel Farage has done for the British people. He's giving these people, the, the people who have been silent, people who have been afraid to voice their opinions, people who are not represented in the establishment, a chance to make a difference, make politics, and make Britain strong again. <laughs> and at the same time, help make America great, too. Keep right, it great. Right, Um Yeah, that was, that was an interesting interview. We went, like, from, mm -hmm. you know, our typical politics and talking about Nigel Farage at the beginning to, you know, going through your life as it's gone from Penn State in the politics to talking about, you know, your interactions with the normal working-class people, your interactions on the campaign, so then some wild callers that we got. I mean, we've had we, we've had a lot of interesting callers on our show, but I would say that was probably our most diverse set of callers ever. Diversity yeah. surely is well, real news' uh, strength. Okay, well, uh, thank you so much, Sean, and thank, thank you, you uh, DJT. Thank you, Cosmic Rebecca, for coming on. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news.